things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Coming at you as I love to do three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you can find your podcast. You can find No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. There's a lot of things that I want to get into. Particularly as 2022 is on the verge of closing out and the year 2023 is upon us. There's a lot on my mind. And damn it, it ain't a New Year's resolution because I'm tired of lying to myself. I'm tired of lying to myself, acting like I'm going to be better, swearing to myself this New Year's resolution. I'm going to do better because, damn it, there's no wealth without health. And no matter how much money you're making, if you don't take care of your health, you ain't taking care of you. I know this. I've said this. I've reiterated and regurgitated this time and time and time again. And where has it gotten me? Where has it gotten me? No damn place. My resolution was about betting on myself. And it's going to be real interesting to talk to my next guest because she's bet on herself. And she's winning big time because of it. I thought about myself when I was thinking about her and wanting to talk to her because she motivates me. She inspires me. She's one of the many people who do. Because her story is that inspiring. There's no way around it. I think about my life, and I got to tell you, I'm excited because I got a lot to look forward to in the new year. My memoir, Straight Shooter, drops January 17th, 2023. By the way, it's available for pre-order right now at straightshooterbook.com. Go check it out. My production company, Mr. SAS Productions, will begin work on a few new TV projects that I'm excited about. This podcast continues to grow. Thanks to all of you, of course, because there's no me without you. And, of course, I have a day job. That would be first take on ESPN, which has been number one for 11 years. 11 years. Your boy is busy, and I'm happy to have all of that going on. But I got to tell you something. When I think about a resolution, particularly with the new year, I'm going to sound like every damn body else on the planet when I say this. I mean, there's no wealth without health. You got to have good health, good health, good health. When the hell don't we say that? When the hell do our phony asses don't step up and acknowledge that? We say it and I call ourselves a a phony affectionately because I'm included in a group. Because we always swear, swear, swear. We're going to take our health seriously. We're going to eat right. We're going to cut down on the fried foods. We're going to cut down on the red meat. We're going to cut down on meat altogether in some instances. We're going to simmer down on that alcohol. Lord knows what else we put into our body. You ever find yourself in a situation where you've been a bit successful? Things are going well for you in life. You're making some money. 
you're respected. But somehow, some way, things don't seem right. I'm going to tell you how it hits me. I've been very, very blessed and fortunate, ladies and gentlemen. It don't mean a damn thing to me when I got a migraine headache. Or I got a stomach virus. Or I got the Rona, which I've had twice now, the coronavirus. When you're feeling like garbage, it don't matter what else you got going on. Because you feel like garbage. So I said to myself, you know something? I'm going to be a bit serious about it this time. Even though I've been doing it for a few months where I went on a plant-based diet for like two, three days out of the week. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it for at least half the week. And I've done that. It still doesn't stop me from eating some burgers, some steak, some chicken sandwiches. And don't get me started with the bread. I'm almost as bad as that as I am with the sugar. It don't matter. No matter what's going on in my life. When I feel like trash, the money don't matter. I mean, from a literal sense, it matters that I know I can pay my bills. But outside of that, it really don't matter. And so I said, okay, as 2023 approaches, and I've had not one but two battles with COVID, what am I going to do to get my life in order? I got to keep it 100 with you. It's hard. I got a cholesterol level at 300. 300. My staff is looking at me like, what the hell did he just say? Because they didn't know. I ain't tell them. Cholesterol level at 300. I got to get myself right. I got to cut down on the burgers. I got to cut down on the steak. I really, really, really got to cut down on the sugar. And the white bread. I don't want to hear stuff about gluten-free. Damn it, it don't taste good enough to me. I mean, I'm addicted to what tastes good, okay? I'm, I'm struggling. And I needed help. I'm not a fake. Moderation is my motto. That's why I went on the plant-based stuff for half the week. I'm trying, y'all. I really am. But I said I need additional help. So guess what I did? I called somebody to come on this podcast as a guest. Her popular fast food restaurants have taken the South by storm. Celebrities like Kerry Washington from Scandal, the one and only Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq Diesel, even Tyler Perry, they're fans. And after talking to her, I don't blame them. I spoke to her off the record. Now I'm going to talk to her on the record. Right here on No Mercy with yours truly. The owner of the Slutty Vegan Restaurant Empire. The one and only Miss Pinky Cole. She's up next. On No Mercy with Stephen A. Don't touch that dial. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back. My guest owns one of the fastest growing plant-based fast food chains in the nation. 
She is also a philanthropist and the author of a new cookbook called Eat Plants, Bitch. Please welcome the owner of the slutty vegan restaurant empire, Aisha Pinky Cole. Welcome to No Mercy. How you doing, Pinky? How's everything? I'm just happy to be here. I'm very blessed. I'm very present. And, you know, I'm feeling good. Today is a great day. Well, you know what? You better be feeling good because you ain't eating red meat. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, you ain't grubbing like like traditionally us black folks do. I, I need you to talk about this for this for a second. What has what has, you know, really focusing on plant based food? What has that done for your life? So I got a different level of frequency. So how the average person says that they're empath and they can feel energy, like I move off of vibration, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the person that can connect on a whole nother level because I'm not eating the flesh of a dead animal, right? Mm -hmm. So I connect better. My frequency is higher. My vibration is clearer. Like I feel good how I maneuver through the day. And I've been on this journey for a long time, Stephen. Like I've been practically vegan almost all my life. I was getting ready to ask you, how long has that been? So my mom is a vegetarian. So I grew up in a mostly vegetarian household and I literally went fully vegetarian in 2007. And then almost 10 years ago, I went vegan. So like I've been doing this for a very, very long time and I see the shift and it needed to happen that way because I was able to create my company and I'm able to teach people about veganism. And it's so cool because even people that come to me and tell me that they never even knew fries were vegan. Now we're like, you know what, Pinky? I'm going vegan because you created Slutty Vegan and I ate at your restaurant and now I want to embark on this lifestyle. So, yeah, I've been riding it for a while. And, and you talk about rocking with it for a while. I mean, when was that moment? You talked about 2007, but there, was there something that was going on in your life? Was there something that was happening that alerted you to it's necessary. I need to go all in going this route. Was there something that was going on at that particular moment in time? Something just clicked. Let me tell you something. Every single thing in my life that has happened to me big and grand always just clicked without no introduction, like nothing, no precursor, nothing. Like I woke up one day and I said, I'm going vegan. It didn't come from nowhere. I just was doing research and everything. It just, I'm a conscious thinker, right? So I'm always trying to find ways to be better. I'm a master faster. I'm thinking about how I can like find ways to be the best version of myself. And one day I said, you know what? I'm a fully go vegan. Like I'm no longer eating fish no more. I'm no longer eating cheese. I'm a go vegan and I'm gonna see what happens. And do you know the day that I did that, Steven, I never turned back. I never ate gravy from a chicken. I never like said, all right, let me like have a cheat day or cheat weekend. Like I never did that. And I stayed committed to it. And it literally hit me like a light bulb, just like, the idea Slutty Vegan came to me like a light bulb. So all the biggest moments in my life happened, literally popped up out the sky, but it was divine because I feel like I was supposed to be walking in that walk, uh, especially when those things happened for me. Now, did I hear you correctly? Did you say you cut out cheese? You cut out cheese too? Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Pinky? I mean, cheese hey, is listen, important. Cheese is important. I mean, uh, listen, I was listen. hearing everything that you were saying. I was vibing <laughs> with you the whole bit, but I'm like, wait a minute now. The red meat, I right, I got the weed off of that. Okay. You know, you, you want to pass on the fish? I right, too. Cheese. Cheese. I got to give that up too. Come, come on, Pinky. So listen, let me tell you something about the plant-based world. There is so much innovation that you can eliminate the cheese from an animal and try these plant-based alternatives and you're not even going to know the difference. Like, I feed my friends plant-based cheese and they're like, damn, this tastes good. Like, this is feta? No, it's vegan feta cheese. Like, 
it tastes even better. I'm telling you, you go to that produce aisle and you start eating that vegan cheese and you're going to be like, Pinky, damn, you was right. There's vegan cheese. There's vegan, vegan cheese. cheese. That's what you tell me. There's vegan cheese. <laughs> Good yeah. Lord have mercy. We're talking to Pinky Cole right here on No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. You know, why the slutty vegan? I mean, that, that's what it says here. I mean, I'm reading this. Where did that come from? The operator of slutty vegan. Where did you get that name from? So let me give you some background. Please. Do. I, was a tele- I was a television producer for The Maury Show for almost three years. Mm-hmm. And I was a casting director for a couple of TV shows, one on the own network. And I temporarily moved to Atlanta to work on the show. So I put my stuff in storage and I was supposed to go back to L.A., but I was in Atlanta. OK, this is my pseudo hometown. I went to college here. My okay. sorority sisters are there. So like I'm like, all right, cool. So I was in my bedroom one day and I came up with this wild and crazy ass idea called Slutty Vegan hit me out of nowhere. But mm. I knew with my television skill set, I got to merge the two most pleasurable experiences in life. And that's sex and that's food. If I can make you pay attention through sex, then I got you under. I'll be damned. You ain't right about that. I, mean, yeah, I, I can't front. You're absolutely right about that. Sex and food. I mean, I can't think of two things more important than that. I, you, you got me there. You got me there, Pinky. Go ahead. Continue. We like sex and we need food. But I knew that if I called this thing Pinky's Vegan, nobody was going to stand in line. Nobody was going to come. Nobody was going to support. So I had to make people pay attention in a way that was so non-traditional, that was so out of this world and out of this box. And I did that with my concept. And I'm gonna be honest with you, in the beginning, people weren't rocking with it. They like slutty vegan. We don't, we don't, we don't care about this brand. Like kids can't eat here. Like my grandmother can't come here to eat. And that was four years ago. And do you understand, Stephen, that four years later, my company is valued at a hundred million dollars? Wow. I've raised $25 million to grow my company. I'm in Costco, I'm in Target. I have had large partnerships with Shake Shack, with Steve Madden, with some of the biggest brands that you can think of because I decided to take a racy name and define it, redefine it, and add value and power to it. And I stuck to my guns and I didn't waver on it. And that's the best decision I could have ever made, calling it Slutty Vegan. Educate people about this. You're First of all, you're a graduate of Clark Atlanta University. We love that, okay? You're a native uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, if I remember correctly. You're 34 years of age. And obviously, this plant-based burger restaurant chain based in Atlanta, Georgia, all of that you just highlighted. When you say you raised $25 million, first of all, what did you major in at Clark Atlanta University? And how did that education play a role in your ability to generate income, to generate revenue? Because a lot of people want to generate revenue, Pinky. That don't mean they're able to pull it off. How did you pull that off? This right here. <laughs> Pointing to those lips. This is called my mouthpiece. Mm. My mouthpiece get me into every single room. My mouthpiece is the thing that closed deals. My mouthpiece is the reason why people stand in line every single day to support my business. It's my mouthpiece that got me this far. Going to college got me the relationships that allowed me to use my mouthpiece to get into the doors that I needed to get into. So, yes, I went to Clark Atlanta University. Shout out to my alma mater, the best HBCU in the land. Okay, we'll talk about that another time. What's the Salem State University? Let's be careful about that. But go ahead. Go ahead, Pinky. Go ahead. (laughs) I feel you. Go ahead. Continue. The reality of it is going to CAU and building the relationships that I built gave me the ability to better make use of my confidence and how I communicate to people to bring people together. I've always been good at that. I was Miss Clark Atlanta University. I was the head Delta. I was the most popular girl in school. So I literally 
have been able to transfer these skill sets throughout my career. So going into TV, I use my mouthpiece. And now when I look up and I have this company called Slutty Vegan, what I realize is that people aren't coming just for the burger. They're coming because they fell in love with the genius behind the burger. They fell in love with the person that's educating them in a way where I'm not pushing the agenda on them. And that is how I've been able to bring in revenue. And beyond that, I created a foundation alongside of my company called the Pinky Cole Foundation. And what I do is I put my money where my mouth is. So I'm doing the work in the community, not just making money from burgers, pies and fries, but I'm building an ecosystem to show people that you got a safe space to be all the things that you want to be. And that's how we continue to win. That's how we've been able to garner in revenue and raise money. And when you're talking about specifically raising money, the president of my company supported in those negotiations, but obviously I'm the decision maker. But when it comes to entrepreneurship and raising money, you should know this, Stephen, you got to build something so special that's irresistible. And when you build it so special, people are going to be knocking down your door, trying to throw money at you like a stripper. And then you got the opportunity to say no. And that's exactly what I built. I built something that's so memorable that people want to be a part of that. I didn't have to go banging on anybody's door. People saw the grit. They saw the hustle. They saw the relentlessness and they wanted to be a part of what I had going on. I'm so proud of you. I I mean, I just got to say, I mean, I'm interviewing you, but I'm so proud of you. I really, really am. You are so sensational. I'm so enjoying this interview, but let me transition or, or, or rewind just a little bit back because you know, Clark Atlanta University, that's in Atlanta, Georgia. That's South, right? Now, I know this, even even though I went, I'm from the North, I'm from New York City, but I went to school in the South. It was the Salem State University, like I told you, in North Carolina. Let me tell you what I know about the South. Um, they love their soul food. Yes. They love their fried chicken and macaroni and cheese, chitlins, how, but all that other stuff. You don't only have it in Atlanta, and you got you now got it in Birmingham, Alabama as well. I want to know how the hell did you get people? To go from the macaroni and cheese and, and, and the fried chicken and stuff like that to, to coming to them with this, Pinky. How'd you pull that off? So, you know, in our communities, we talk a lot about soul food, but slutty vegan is food for your soul, mm-hmm. right? You when it. I say slutty vegan is not just a restaurant, we bring people together in the name of food. But I don't care if you black, white, blue, yellow, orange, green, gray. We are bringing people together to have a safe space to be whoever they want to be at whatever step of the journey that they're on. I'm not going out saying like, you got to be vegan if you come to my restaurant. What I'm saying is we're going to have a good time. It's going to feel like a family reunion when you come to my restaurant. And when you start peeling back the layers, Black people, community is is what has kept us together right? The love for food and fellowship, the fact that we all just want to feel good. So I can translate that into what I got going on. And yes, you're absolutely right. When you think about what's happening in the South, we are accustomed to traditional Southern comfort food. That is what people came together as when we had limited resources. But now I'm using those resources and applying it to present day progression and saying, listen, we're going to have a good funky time. And then I'm going to educate you about living a better lifestyle, even if it starts at vegan comfort food. And we're going to do it in the heart of the South, somewhere where you don't see it. So it feels like an anomaly. And then once you tap into this restaurant, you realize that this is so much bigger than just food. We are helping people grow. We are teaching people about entrepreneurship. I'm showing people that you can be a girl from East Baltimore, from around the way, who has a father that did 22 years in prison and a mother who has worked for the same job for 36 years. You can still rise above 
all of the tribulations and still build a multi-million dollar company. That's what people see when they see Slutty Vegan, not just food. So there's so many tears to it, but it wouldn't be a better place to do it outside of Atlanta. If I would have created this concept anywhere else outside of Atlanta, it would probably never have worked how it's working in Atlanta. So the fact that you started it off in Atlanta, you think it was a pivotal decision towards your success? Absolutely. It's the biggest irony. Like you create a vegan concept in the heart of the South. It's the it's the biggest oxymoron here. It, it don't it, it's not supposed to make sense, but mm. I made it make sense. And I served as like the guinea pig for the big businesses. So now when Slutty Vegan got super popular, you saw all of the big boys starting to add vegan options to their menu, right? right? So who who was the pioneer for that? Right. I like to say the Slutty Vegan played a role in these big businesses feeling comfortable to add these items to their menus because. As a longtime vegan, I was eating a side salad and fries for a very long time <laughs> until Slutty Vegan was created. So I'm glad that this movement has progressed in the way that it has, because now I got more options and more people are really adapting to the lifestyle. So you got Atlanta, you got Birmingham, Alabama. Anywhere else we need to know about? My location in Brooklyn is one of my highest grossing locations wow. right now. Mm. And I'm open in Harlem any day now. Wow. I might have to yep. show up to that. I might have to show up to that because you know I'm trying. I'm trying to go that plant based route, Pinky. I mean, I, 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 I got I got to slow roll it, but I, I might have to fast roll it. It's a struggle, Pinky. The, the struggle is real, okay. It ain't. But no I'm struggle. trying. You can do it. Listen, you ain't got to be vegan, right? Like that ain't the message. All you got to do is just incorporate more plant based options into your menu, and then one day you'll look up and be like, oh, damn, I'm vegan by mistake. Here mm. I go. You know, you talked about some of the obstacles you brought up your father, you brought up your mom. Where did you, when you think back and reflect back on your life, where you came from and how you got to this point, where do you credit most of that to? Or who do you credit most of that to based on those trials and tribulations that you alluded to? Um, not having. Yeah. And I'm going to break that down to you, right? Yeah. So growing up, I always felt like I didn't have. I'm like, everybody else got. Everybody else got. I don't have like I didn't have Barbie dolls growing up. I didn't have the newest clothes. If we got clothes, my mother was putting Walmart clothes in the box. Like I didn't have the things that I wanted to have, but I had everything that I needed. So my mindset growing up was I got to work extra hard so that I don't have to like repeat the cycle and give my children the things that they need and not the things that they want. I got to be able to break this cycle because I don't want to have to work for the rest of my life for somebody else and punch a clock. Right. And it was coming from a place of lack. It was it OK. No. Now that you look full circle. But I needed that to happen for me as a kid, because now I go a thousand percent of everything that I do. So the reason why when people see me everywhere and articles and doing all stuff, this ain't no overnight success. Hmm. I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been hustling for a very long time because I want to make sure that I'm always moving in abundance. Because I know what it looks like to not have anything set up. My mother got life insurance on us, and that's pretty much about it. Mm. Most people I know growing up didn't even have that. But I did not grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I did not grow up in a household with a, a, a second parent in the household. I grew up going to prison. And although I wasn't physically there every single month, I was there mentally because I had to watch my father only give us two hours a day. Or every time we go to see him and getting wandered down as a kid, that can mess you up psychologically. And I'm like, no, nah, this is my life. Mm. So I work hard because of that. And that grind and grit comes from that space. And I'll never give up because I know what I want to offer to my children. May I ask you, how's your relationship with your father now? I love my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad is the reason why I'm bold and fearless. 
He's one of the smartest men I ever met in my life. He actually got deported in 2009. So I've never been on American soil with my father. Mm. Isn't that crazy? I have never been on American soil with the man that gave life to me. Mm. I'm getting married this year. I got to go to Jamaica to get married so that he can walk me down the aisle. So it's been an adjustment, but he's so proud of me. Because guess what? He got life and breath to see his offspring follow her wildest dreams, something that he was unable to do because he didn't make the very best decisions. Mm. But he's proud of me and he's living vicariously through me. And he's every time he look up in Jamaica, his friends are bragging and boasting about me. And he's proud to say that he's my father. I tell you this, when, when my daughters get older, when they get your age, I hope my daughters talk about me the way you, you talk about your daddy. And how was he able to pull that off? How was he able to pull off such a wonderful daughter that loves him so much, that's so committed and so dedicated to him and his presence and having his presence in her life? If you had to crystallize that for a lot of fathers out there with daughters, what would your answer be to that question? You know, it took me a long time to like really get to this space that I'm about to tell you, mm-hmm. because oftentimes as children, we play the blame game based on the things that we hear. Right. So here it is. My father's in jail. And I'm like, you left us. You made bad decisions. You did. You did. He wasn't making bad decisions. He was making the very best decisions for his family so that he could supply and provide for his family. Did it show up in that way that that looked wrong? Absolutely. Right. Were people affected by it? Absolutely. He was one of the biggest drug dealers in Baltimore. Were people affected? Yes. But at the end of the day, he thought he was doing the right thing at that moment so that he could take care of his family. And I didn't understand that when I was a kid. And as an adult woman, you understand that sometimes parents will do what they got to do by any means necessary to take care of their family. So I respect that side of my dad because he did whatever he needed to do to make sure that lights were on, food was in the house, we had clothes, we had a roof over our head. He did that. Did it catch up with him? Absolutely. But I respect him because he was willing to put in the work to make sure that we were good. So I love him from the fact that he called me from federal prison telling me to read books, learn about stocks, be an entrepreneur. Like he was really depositing that knowledge to me when he was facing 22 years in prison. Like Mm. you got to be mentally strong to have the capacity to want to encourage and empower somebody else when you have in the craziest circumstance of your life. So for him to do that as a 34-year-old woman now, I understand it, which is why I respect him. And he will never have to work a day in his life because I'm always make sure that my dad is taken care of. What about mama? Because I know you love you. I know, you know, people talk about mama. What do you have to say about mama? So let me tell you about my mom. My mom is actually here in Atlanta with me helping to raise um, my two children. Okay. So I got two kids. 11 months apart. Okay. <laughs> so I've been in the kitchen. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with it at all. <laughs> right. I've been, I've been building and building. Um, but yeah, no, my mom decided to come down to help us raise our children. And let me tell you what I respect about my mom. I saw two sides of my mother. I saw the side of her being loyal to the same company for 30 plus years. And then she's also been an entrepreneur all of my life at the mm. same damn time. So She's been a musician. My mother is a lead singer of her own reggae band. It's called Strikers Posse. Yeah, growing up, my mother has always been a local celebrity in the Caribbean community. Mm -hmm. So I always watch people adorn my mother. And she has long hair that touches the ground. So every time we go out in public, everybody want to take pictures with my mom. They're like, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. Like, please, can we take pictures? So it's so funny how life will always come full circle. I didn't even realize until this year that 
all of my life I've been desiring to become my mother. Mm. I wanted to be that person that people loved, that people adorned, that people fell in love with because I saw my mother stand up in front of crowds, bring me on stage with her in front of crowds and perform. And now I bring my kids on stage and perform. So when I say I love my mother, like she can have the world. Like I will walk away from all of this if my mother said, no, this ain't working, this ain't it. I respect her so much because she raised five children by herself when my father left. Mm. My mother endured so much stress and tribulation because yeah. her dream was to be a dancer. And she didn't get that opportunity because she had to raise kids because my father ended up going to prison. Mm. So she made a lot of sacrifices to make sure that we had the life that we needed. And let me tell you a funny story, Stephen. Please. A couple of years ago, it's about like three years now. Do you know I called, and I think her name was Lucy, I don't remember, but I called Navient to pay off all of my student loans. And my mother was a co-signer on all the loans. Mm. Do you know when I called my mother and I told her that I did that, she literally fell in tears. She said never in her lifetime did she ever imagine that any of the loans that I got would be paid off. She always believed in me, but she never saw that as a reality. And Mm. the fact that I could do that one simple thing to clear her from my debt, yeah. from her making a sacrifice for me, shows me that she can have the world. So I love my mom. I love my dad. She is my village, and I will do whatever to make sure that she's happy. You're also the person in 2019 that actually paid the tuitions of 30 seniors. Am I reading that correctly? 30 seniors you paid their tuition. So you didn't just pay, you didn't pay off just the loans your mother took out. You took care of a whole bunch of other kids as well. Yeah, so so there were thirty students that had uh, debts on their um, on, on their account. So myself and one of my colleagues, Stacy Lee, we came together and we said, "Listen, we went to CAU. What does it require for us to help clear these students so that they can walk across the stage?" A lot of people don't realize how big of a milestone that is. Everybody don't get that opportunity. Right. You can go to school for four years and got to walk privately. <clears throat> Nobody can't see it, but that's a moment that you only get once. And you'll never get to get that moment again. So we wanted to make sure that we supported these students and making sure that they could walk across that stage. And when I tell you that was the best feeling in the world, to be able to have the resources and the funding to be able to put people in position, that feels good. And we've done so much other stuff. Like just recently, I was the youngest commencement speaker at Clark Atlanta University. Uh And I graduated 13 years after that. (laughs) And do you know... There were 800-something students that graduated, and I gave every single graduate with the partnership with Varo the opportunity to get an LLC that we paid for. They mm. didn't have to pay for anything, and about 730 of them tapped into it and got LLCs to jumpstart their pathway to entrepreneurship. Because mm. I know that when I was in college, I couldn't get an internship. After I graduated, I couldn't get a job. I didn't have a plan and I wanted to make sure that these people felt like they had a plan, even if they decided to go work that nine to five, they mm. could use these LLCs to protect their assets. So we've been putting in the work for a long time. Stephen. You've been putting in tremendous work. It's been sensational. I'm incredibly impressed by your story. I got to get on you about something now. Uh, uh, said you're getting married, right? I'm getting you said, married. Did you tell me that? Did you tell me that, Pinky? I said, am getting married. That's right. Your husband to be, does he own Big Dave's cheesesteaks? Yes, he does. In several Atlanta locations. <laughs> yes, he now, does. Now, now, here you are with the plant base, okay? Here you are. You know, the slutty vegan, okay? And you, your man owns cheesesteaks. I think I've ate, I, I think I've eaten one of those cheesesteaks before. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. 
I mean, how does how does that work exactly, Pinky? You know, it's interesting because I get this question a lot, right? And the beautiful thing about our relationship is that we are totally different when it comes to the kind of cuisine that we cook and prepare and in the food industry, what we do, right? Mm -hmm. But we get to coexist beautifully in the same space because he respects my boundaries. I respect his boundaries. He don't push his agenda on me and I don't push my agenda on him. He understands that he ain't eating that and I understand that I'm not eating that either, right? Mm -hmm. And, And we love each other and support each other. And bigger than that, we come together in the name of entrepreneurship and showing people what's possible. He comes from Philly, from the hood, got 40-something tattoos on his body. He ain't the average CEO. Yeah. I come from East Baltimore. I come from a, a, what society may call a statistic-type household. Like, I'm not supposed to, quote-unquote, make it out. So we are basically defying the odds. We are breaking down stereotypes of who cares what he eats. Who cares what I eat? When we come together, we come together in the name of entrepreneurship and in the name of love. And it's been a beautiful union. He's my best friend in the whole world. And I'm happy that I get to spend the rest of my life with him. Mm. You've got tremendous partnership. Your fiance, your mom, your dad, because obviously they're always with you. That's why I call them partners now as well as your parents. Uh, But from a business perspective, Steve Madden, the lip bar, DoorDash. What you've been doing, because you've got partnerships all over the place right now. Talk about that real quick. I've been moving. And 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 beyond the specific partnerships, people are like, oh, my gosh, Pinky, every day you always got something going on. And what I'm realizing now in this moment is that I'm good to people, right? I, I'm fair with people. I'm honest with people. I do right by people. And because that good karma goes in the air, I always get that good karma back. And mm. as a result of that good karma, I've had partnerships with Steve Madden. I've partnered with Door. I'm the chief restaurant advisor for one of the biggest digital food companies in the world. Do you know I used to deliver food for DoorDash, Stephen? Wow. And now I'm the chief restaurant advisor. They call me for advice after I used to deliver food for their company. So the fact that these things are coming full circle to me, I don't take it for granted. And they get all of this. They get the raw, real pinky, like, I ain't prim, I ain't proper. You're going to get this version of me everywhere I go. And because of that, I've been blessed with many beautiful opportunities. I just came out with my book um, that I did with Simon & Schuster called Eat Plants, Bitch, that's doing tremendously well. Um, I've done partnerships with Flip Bar. I have done, um, I I graced the cover of Essence Magazine Mm -hmm. this year. And I also graced the cover of Ink Magazine this year. I've gotten so many accolades um, this year, like alone this year, I've done what people have waited to do in four years, mm. but I don't take it for granted, but I know it's because I've been putting in the work and I've been putting good out in the universe and I've been literally building this ecosystem since I can remember. And I'm just happy that the group continues to happen. And I'm just scratching the surface. Like this is only the beginning. Well, I love your aggression. I love your passion. Uh, you know, you got you got a friend and a brother in me, because let me tell you something. Your family's from Jamaica. Mine's from St. Thomas, Virgin Island, St. Thomas, St. Croix and Antigua. That's where my family is from. You know, uh, just like you you used to deliver for DoorDash. I used to deliver the New York Daily News. I was a paper boy for the New York Daily News. Wow. And this is before, obviously, years before I ultimately became a journalist and all of this other stuff. So I'm real, real proud of you. I love your story. But I'll close by asking you this question. Obviously, we live in an age where we see the elevation of women, particularly in the world of business, 
Uh, if you're if you're a true man, you've always known women are usually smarter. Y'all are just more focused. Y'all got it more together than than a lot of us. Damn it, it's just the truth. It just is, okay? It, it's just the truth, all right? Women empowerment is real, okay? Um, it, w- when you think about what you've accomplished, you that's not a message you necessarily have to disseminate with words because your actions show it with every single thing that you're doing. As you reflect on where you are now, and, and how you've gotten here. And you, you know, now I wouldn't say fantasize, but you aspire about where you're going. What kind of message would you like to give to women out there everywhere, especially young sisters, young ladies, young black girls, in terms of their aspirations, their hopes and dreams? What would you like to say to them to close out the interview? Oh, this is good. So once upon a time, we used to ask for permission to walk into rooms. We used to ask for permission to sit at other people's tables. We used to also ask for for permission to try to build our own tables, but that never happened for us. We couldn't even vote once upon a time as women, right? Uh, Once upon a time, they just wanted us to cook and clean and like take care of babies and sit and look pretty. That's it. But it's 2022 walking into 2023. And I want every single woman that's listening to this program to understand that we are no longer asking for permission to walk into those rooms. We got the key and we're opening the doors. Mm -hmm. We are no longer asking for permission to sit at the tables. We are carpenters and we are building our own tables. We are no longer asking to sit down. Guess what? These are our seats and we're giving seats out to other people. That is the type of energy that we're walking into in 2023. Women run the world. Women dominate. You move with confidence. Your vibration speaks for itself before you even have to open up your mouth. So everything that we want, we are breaking the glass ceiling. We are not asking for permission for anything. We are not saying, okay, I'm afraid to do because we're not scared of nothing. What we're doing is we're moving with conviction. We're walking with our head held high and we're telling people that I'm here. I have arrived and you cannot tell me no, because telling me no is going to put a battery on my back. And whatever it is that you dream about, that you desire about, you ain't got to compete with nobody about yourself to get it. Mm. And that's that. I lied. I said that was the last question. It's not because (laughs) you ain't just looking out for sisters. You're looking out for brothers too. level up your legacy. That's something that you're involved with, where you're looking out for black men. We're talking about, what is it? Life insurance, financial literacy, mental wellness. Speak about that for a quick second. Level up your legacy. So now let me talk to the men. Black men, especially. Black men are too valuable to go extinct. Black men are way too valuable to go extinct. You have a responsibility to continue to change the world, to bear the fruit of these children. It is your responsibility to stay alive, to be a father, to be a provider, to be the protector. So Pinky Cole is going to make sure that I do whatever is in my willpower to make sure that happens. And that's providing life insurance for Black men who make $30,000 or less. That's making sure that black men learn about mental health awareness and financial literacy, things that they don't really talk about in our communities for the longest. But I have an affinity for black men because I saw my father, a black man, have to stand behind bars for 22 years while I had to figure out how to be in relationships, how to handle and deal with men. I don't want people to have to go through that. So whatever I got to do to make sure that the black man is valued and welcomed and wanted, I'm going to do that every single day of my life. And 
I'm saying it from my mouth to whoever's ears that are listening to this. The black man is God. And as long as we understand that the black man is God, the black man will continue to be valued. And I will make sure that my damnness that it happens using my platform, using my voice and using the mouthpiece that I have that I use every single day. See how you broke that down? You said it in a factual way. Didn't even have to be controversial because it's just the truth. It's just that simple. No doubt about it. Level up your legacy. I want everybody to know this is what you'll have access to. The opportunity to enroll for $50,000 of group term life insurance issued by the Prudential Insurance Company of America at no cost to you for the first year. Financial coaching and education and partnerships with Prudential at no cost to you for the first year. Access to mental health support from Kaleidoscope Family Therapy. Also access to personal wellness support through Seven Yoga. Sabine Yoga. Let me get to your book as my last question because I want to know, considering, you know, eat plants, bitch. That's the title of it. That's the title of it. My pinky call. You want to be provocative. <laughs> Catch you. Reel you in and damn it, it works. This beautiful marketing, no doubt about that. Obviously, tell me about it and, 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 you know, really, really why you wanted to write that book to remind our audience of that before you close out this interview. So I wanted to take the experience home. When you go to Slutty Vegan, like you have this experience. I don't know if you've ever been physically inside of a Slutty Vegan, have you? I have not, but I will now that I've talked to you. And matter of fact, I'll make sure to do it before the new year. You have my word. Yes. So when you go into a Slutty Vegan, it's a party. It's a vibe. Like the energy is unmatched. Like the music is booming through the speakers. We playing hip hop top 40. It's like everything. People hug it. Well, before COVID, we was hugging you, dancing, everything. And it feels like an amusement park. It feels like Hershey Park. It feels like King's Dominion. It feels like a place where you can just relax and just be yourself, whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are, you can come to Slutty Vegan and just have a really funky good time. I wanted to take that experience home. I wanted people to get this cookbook and say, damn, this feels like I'm a Slutty Vegan, but in a book. So this is not for the vegan. This book is specifically for the meat eater, the person that likes to eat chicken and beef and pork and all the other foods, right? This is for the person that just likes really good food. And I wanted you to be able to have a nice cookbook that got really good recipes that actually really taste good that so happens to be vegan. Because again, I'm not leading with veganism. I'm educating you once I reeled you in. And I'm excited about it for many reasons. One, because Patty LaBelle and... Um, Robert Smith and Chris Ball endorsed my book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of all of that, I got at least 25 influencers and entrepreneurs who contributed recipes. So now I gave them the platform to shine and do great. And then the food is really, really good. Mm. So I'm excited about the book. Um, it's doing pretty well in sales. My last stop is in Baltimore. Okay. And it's a sold out show. And I'm excited about it. It's called the Eat Plants Bitch Tour. And I'm talking about love, entrepreneurship, veganism, food, all of the above. So, again, this moment is just very special for me. And I'm excited about it. And I hope everybody's listening to this will go on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or everywhere where books are available and purchase Eat Plants Bitch. Pinky Cole, I'm so proud of you. I really, really am. You got a friend and a brother in me. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Uh, you're doing fantastic things. And and I shoot, I, I might need your help. I mean, my cholesterol level is hovering towards 300. I got to improve that, girl. I got to improve right, We're going to talk. I got, I, got, I, got, I got to get it together. But I will. I will. Thanks for the inspiration, sweetheart. All the best to you. You take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you. And congratulations on the nuptials in advance. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're marrying it. a brother that's making cheesesteaks. I know, sense. right? 
Meanwhile, he's vegetarian, but that's a whole nother story. Amen. Tell him he's from Philly. It's all love. That's my second home. He's from Philly. It's all love. Take I'm it easy, okay? Know. He's a fan. All right, y'all. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Oh, my goodness. I knew talking to Pinky Cole was going to be great. I didn't know it was going to be that damn good. She is a sensational young lady. Congratulations on her upcoming nuptials. Congratulations on the success that she's had. Her new book, Eat Plants, Bitch. That's the title of the book. That's not me. That's the title of the book. Owning and operating. Slutty Vegan. Plant-based burger restaurant chain based in Atlanta. Got stores in Brooklyn, New York. Various other places. She's making things happen. No doubt about it. And she deserves a lot of credit for it. And here's the biggest reason why she deserves credit for it, ladies and gentlemen. Because there was a whole bunch of people telling her, change the name. You're not going to be successful. What you got slutty in there for? What does that have to do with plant-based food? Why are you doing this? You're going to have folks feeling women shouldn't be talking like that. People shouldn't be talking about women like that. Get rid of that word. Eradicate it. Eliminate it. She twisted it and marketed it and is making money off of it. A, con- a company is valued at $100 million. That's some special stuff she's got going on. But what do you peel from that? To me, the obvious answer is intestinal fortitude and a wavering belief in yourself, but not blindly. It's not like she didn't talk to anybody. It's not like she didn't listen. It's not like she didn't hear from mentors and advisors and loved ones and people close to her who could touch on on a pulse of her heart and understand that the words that they articulated and elocuted to her could have a detrimental effect if they were conveyed in a negative light. She talked about people propelling her. And the beauty is, is now she's on a mission to do the same for so many other people out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I haven't heard too many people speaking so positively of black men like that. She just did. While speaking affectionately and lovingly, about empowering women, edifying all of us about the world of business and what you got to do to be on your hustle and to be on your grind in order to be all you can be. She gave me a lot of food for thought. I always enjoy hearing about the success stories of people who bet on themselves and won. That's an addiction I have. Those who had bold dreams and went for them. And Pinky Cole is a beautiful example or the power of dreams and what can be and what they can do for you. She could have easily enjoyed her success and stacked her money, but clearly she understands that life is about reaching back to help the next generation be better. And she did it through the gift of entrepreneurship and sharing knowledge about the importance of financial literacy, not just good mental health, but financial literacy. Cause it's a damn shame when you got a little bit of money and you don't know what to do with it. You know how to spend, but you don't know how to save. You know how to spend, but you don't know how to invest. 
You know how to spend and floss, but don't know how to enjoy the sanctuary and tranquility of your private space that doesn't that doesn't require all of that damn flossing. She also talked about black men and life insurance. Very, very interesting. She's inspired me. I hope she's inspired you. Because she needs to. If you heard her message, it should be nothing short of inspirational. She's in her mid-30s. Went to Clark Atlanta University, HBCU. Doing big things. Said I had a mouth on me and I used it as a weapon to go in there and sell and market myself. This is what she did. And now the nation has taken notice. She's big time, y'all. I never thought I'd say this. But Stephen A. Smith is actually, literally, going to go out to dinner at a plant-based spot. I mean, miracles happen. Miracles happen. I am going to make sure I go out to her spot, a plant-based spot for dinner. That's one of my resolutions in the year 2023. Or for the year 2023. We'll see how much further I take it. As the days the weeks and the months go by. I'll keep y'all up to date as I work on getting my cholesterol level lowered so I can be here for years to come. Thank you, Pinky Cole. Appreciate you. Now, I appreciate all of y'all, too, for listening to No Mercy, as always. Remember what I always tell you. You don't have to know sports to No Mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Till next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.